0: Hello there, guys, and welcome to the webinar, Nine Keys to a Recession-Proof Pet Business. So do I have some people on with me? Can anybody put a little note in the comments so I know you can hear me, see me, and we are live. Anyone, anyone? There we go. Hey, Emily, how are you doing? Wonderful. So I guess that means that you can hear me. So good thing. Okay. Welcome guys. So glad you could make it live. Of course, this will be available as a recording afterwards for anyone that has registered. I am so excited about this. I think a lot of you got my email. This is my first webinar. So figuring out the right buttons to click and you know exactly how to get this on for you. I hope I have it. Give me a little grace on this end, but let's go ahead and get started. Um, I am super excited for this too, Emily. I cannot wait. Robert, thank you. You can hear me. So glad on that. So at least I got that part of the tech done, right? Okay. So why don't we go ahead and get started on this? switching it over can anyone see my main screen heading for recession hey wendy how are you wonderful somebody just type in a little note saying that yes you can see my screen presentation screen there we go emily thank you thank you thank you okay so of course this is the nine keys to a recession proof pet business but I'm telling you, these are things that you should always be doing in your business. So buckle up, make sure you take notes because there will be a lot of great information in here for you. All right, in this webinar, I'm going to show you nine key steps to focus on in your pet business so you can be proactive and decrease the risks of being reactive in case there is any type of an economic downturn. So... If you could turn off all your distractions, I know like silence your phone. If you're out walking a dog or taking care of pets, I know you got to do what you got to do, but this is great information for you guys to be able to assimilate in your business, considering where we are right now. And this probably all looks pretty darn familiar for you. If you pay any attention to the news right now, you totally know the US inflation rates at a record high of 8.6%. Of course, mistakes were made, inflation's here, not anything we can do about that. But there is no question that we are in the beginning of a recession and these can last for years. This is not something that's gonna be short term. The last one, of course, in 2008 was about a year and a half. So once they start, they last for a bit. Let's see. Okay, so it looks like the Fed raised interest rates about three quarters of a percent on June the 15th. And they have said that they're likely to do a similar increase this month. This is an attempt to cool the economy, but it, it really is just a tightrope act. There's going to be a trickle down effect. Uh, the cost of borrowing is going to go up. There's going to be less demand on products and services. Businesses are going to end up making decisions to halt their growth due to additional expensive borrowing. Uh, there are going to be jobs that are going to be cut. Of course, right now the pet industry has a really high demand for our products and services, but there is a possibility that will cool also as pet parents start to reprioritize their spending. So the question is are you ready for this? Uh, this really isn't a time to stick your head in the sand. You can't just shut your eyes and hope it goes away, but our strongest defense right now is to be proactive. We need to plan and measure, know our numbers, and definitely don't be reactive. That is when the biggest mistakes can be made. Looking at your business after the fact is kind of like doing an autopsy. You may be able to see what went wrong, but it's too late. So, like I said before, this really is an evergreen topic. What we'll be talking about today is the way you should always run your business. Economic changes and pandemics actually give us a real blessed opportunity to be able to refocus our business. Uh, we can, of course, ignore some of the important things in our business when business is flowing great and we're having a hard time keeping up, but we need to take a step back and really evaluate our businesses. So I'm going to put a little question here in the chat. Just uh, if you could answer for me, what are your biggest concerns for your business right now? Uh, Concern about finances, growth, labor market, what do you all think right now? Let me take a look at the chat box. Let's see. Oh, see more people. Hey, Stephanie. See you guys. Hey, Maris. Yes. Like Cocos. Robert, of course, says this isn't totally hitting us out of the blue. So we we can prepare. That is a huge advantage. Thank you, Robert, for pointing that out. We can prepare. It's not like COVID. We were like, caught with her pants down on that one and had no clue what to do about it. So Emily said she is concerned about keeping her employees happy. Absolutely. I understand that. Hiring. Stephanie says hiring is going to be a concern for her. Uh, Robert, clients scaling back their services, taking less vacations, et cetera. Yes, I think we are probably going to be seeing some of those things, especially in certain sectors of the market, probably in, you know, kind of our, our mid-sector mid of our client base, we're going to start seeing that too. So I think some people probably aren't going to scale back quite as much because they don't need to, which of course we'll talk about that some more. Thank you for answering that question. So of course, each of you are coming into this time with your own set of emotions. Uh, Some of you might be feeling overwhelmed. Uh, Of course, right now, there's so much to think about. With most of us, we are so busy. How can we actually have time to think about anything else, right? You might feel uncertain. You don't know how to prepare your business for what's coming. Uh, There are so many voices that are competing right now. Of course, which one is a right voice? Who should you listen to? And then like me, you might just feel dang exhausted. I mean, you know, what kind of crazy crap is this that we make it through a pandemic and now like this, really, seriously? Now we're going to have, you know, an economic slowdown. But there is definitely a way to land this piece. You just need to pull the right levers. Of course, this webinar will give you the tools to get started doing just that. Now, for those of you that don't know me, um, my name is Jamie Butnick. I've actually been in the pet industry for 34 years. And the most important thing is meet my why. Of course, we all have our why's for why we do this crazy thing called entrepreneurship. This is my why, my four beautiful babies, ages 20, 17, 14, and yes, one. You heard that right, the pandemic kept me busy. For the last 25 years, I've owned four different businesses with combined service and retail components. Currently, I'm the founder and CEO of a successful in-home pet care service. Of course, 25 years, right? Literally this summer is my 25 year anniversary. Literally this week is my 25 year anniversary of the business. I think that technically makes me an old dog in the industry. Uh, I wear that as a badge of honor. Uh, Myself, I didn't start as an MBA grad of a prestigious business school. I learned it all in the trenches. So I made it through the painful adjustments during the dot-com crash and 9-11. I fantastically first realized that I had a luxury business in the Great Recession of 2007 to 2009. Of course, that one again lasted 18 months. I used independent contractors in my in-home service until 2012 when two independent contractors left and took half of my business with them. Of course, at this point, I switched to employees and now I have joyfully scaled to about eight times that size over the last 10 years. Yes, you see, been audited. I have been audited by the State Department of Labor for independent contractor use and I lost. I have had complete business bomb failures. I mean, real bomb failures. Uh, Fortunately, I learned from them. Fail forward is something I always like to focus on. I didn't just burn bridges with people that worked for me, I blew them up. I have diversified and refocused, I've read hundreds of business books. I've attended dozens of business and industry conferences, and I've invested tens of thousands of dollars in educating myself on best practices in business. Now I have a rapidly scaling pet business at the top of my market that operates efficiently, consistently, and predictably. I work the amount that I choose. I have the freedom to focus on my passion, which is helping pet business professionals go from confusion, indecisiveness, and uncertainty about growing their pet business, to clarity on their purpose, resolve in their process, and confidence in their ability to serve people. This is me, I am the Pet Sitter Guru. I provide education for the pet industry on both Facebook and Instagram at Pet Sitter Guru. Of course, you'll find additional information on my website, at Pet This Hive. And I do have a fledgling little podcast over on Pet This Hive, which is available on Apple and Spotify. I provide audio education and tips on a weekly basis. So I don't know if you have noticed the branding that I have. I've had several people ask me, like, what is the big deal with the bee and hive references? I don't know if you all have ever really understood how ridiculously cool bees are they work in community, how they communicate, and how completely efficient they are. Have you really thought about why they build their hive in that hexagonal shape? It's actually a symbol of strength, order, and support. It's one of the strongest naturally occurring shapes and is frequently used by us in our construction and manufacturing. But do you know why it's so strong? It's actually the most efficient use of space with no gaps between the hexagon chambers. Each chamber depends on those around it for strength and support. I'd have to say that's kind of like us, right? We are gonna be a stronger industry with the strength and support provided in community with each other. We are all stronger in a hive. Use that hashtag this week if you think about it, stronger in a hive. Okay, even with all my experiences through the last 25 years, I know I don't have all the answers. I am no one special, but I can tell you I am uniquely positioned to share with you my knowledge and expertise on what we should all be doing in our pet businesses before we hit the panic button. So let's roll right into it. I do educate business owners through my three pillars of purpose, process, and people. Of course, we've already talked about our purpose for today's webinar that you need to educate yourself and improve your business practices to have a strong successful pet business every day not just in an economic downturn now the bulk of this webinar is going to be focused on process and people so let me tell you where we're going first of all we are going to focus on our process this will be the first five key areas of focus We're going to talk about evaluating your services and products. We are going to talk about evaluating your operations. We're going to take a look at how to evaluate your client base. We are going to see what kind of marketing adjustments you might need to make after evaluating your client base. And we're going to talk about financials. Then we're gonna get into talking about people. First of all, we are going to take a dive into your company culture. Then we're gonna take a look at evaluating your staff and what is the best way to do that and why. Then we're gonna talk a little bit about your customer's experience. And then the last of our nine steps is going to be talking about possible market opportunities. So that is a heck of a lot to go over, right? Okay. And then after that, you are going to have an opportunity to work with me. We'll have a chat about that. Of course, I can't go as deep as I'd really like to in all these different subjects because you'd be here all day long as much as I can talk but we will have an opportunity presented at the end for you to work with me so we can unpack all these concepts, of course, and more to really move the needle on your pet business, to be able to take you from where you are right now to the freedom to choose what you want to do with your day. And then at the end, we will have a live Q&A if anyone has any questions after all this information. So we will roll right into process number one, evaluating your services and products. Roll out a question to you. So just answer right in that chat box. Who has recently evaluated their product and service margins? Um, Of course, I am talking in this to my retail friends, my service friends. So... Um, If you do not know uh, the difference between profit and margin, your profit is going to be a dollar amount. Your margin is going to be a percent. So let's take a look here at the notes. I know I don't have anybody helping me out today. So going back and forth here. Um, All right. Anyone has recently evaluated product and service margins? Okay. So it looks like Dawn says we have, we review our services and offerings quarterly. Good, good. Yeah. That is something that is definitely good to do quarterly, especially with the changing market right now is making sure. um, I mean, especially with service margins right now, if you are providing in-home services, um, even if you're providing boarding and daycare in a facility, Uh, labor's going up. No doubt about labor going up. The expense of having, um, inventory delivered is going up. Um, you know, prices are changing constantly on that. So you do absolutely need to keep an eye on that. So Wendy says always, okay. Always is good. That's, that's getting a definite handle on your numbers. So wonderful. Good to hear. All right. So several things you need to consider. So you need to actually calculate the profitability and margin of each product or service line item. Uh, You know, I mean, if you're in retail, of course, that is something that most of you do on a pretty regular basis. I have noticed a lot of people in the service and home industry might not do that. They might uh, lump all of their services into one big category and just look at the profitability overall. But you really need to dig down into each service line. Um, it can show you some really surprising things. You might see that your maybe your 15-minute breaks are more profitable than your 30-minute breaks. Maybe your overnights, you're like completely losing your lunch on them whatever kind of services that you offer, you do need to individually dig down into it by a line item base. So when you look at that, you might realize that there are some lower margin items that it's just not worth delivering. Uh, maybe they're too much of a hassle. Perhaps there is um uh, something that is, is hard to get into the store and it doesn't move very quickly. Um, maybe there's some higher margin items that you want to focus on. Of course, uh, you can do that with your services, the ones that you are more profitable on. And then in the retail industry, um, you definitely want to push those items. A lot of that is going to be your treats and your specialty items that are gonna be higher margin. So in that case, you might need to lean up your inventory, make sure that you have less of those lower margin items or get rid of them completely. Make sure that the things that you have are moving. If there are any items that just kind of sit there on the shelf and have too long of shelf time, you might wanna get rid of those. So, um, of course, you do want to focus on the 20% of your efforts that are producing 80% of your value. That would be the Pareto principle. We will talk about that a little bit later, also. And then strategically diversifying. So, you know, if you really think about this, do you need to adjust your pricing? Is there a possibility that you need to adjust your inventory? And then Strategic diversification. Sometimes this is, is me. Um, you definitely do not want to be one that just chases shiny objects like the latest thing. I'm going to try doing this to see if this gets me some more market share. You want to make sure that you are staying in your sweet spot, the things that you are best at, the things that you can be the most profitable at, the things that you know the majority of your clients do want. So I am going to talk about someone right now. I'm gonna introduce Danny Offenbacher. Some of you might know him. He is the founder and CEO of City Paws Pet Care in Philadelphia. So I had a little chat with him about how he is preparing for uh, the, well, how he's recovered out of the pandemic and how he is pre- preparing for the recession he has found that he really needs to balance his supply chain issues. This is a common problem in most of the pet retail industry. Uh, He said that each brand just seems to go through waves of which one is out of stock due to, um, of course, supply chain issues. So he said, thankfully, the brands are experiencing their waves at different different times. So his team has been able to balance out their recommendations to clients of alternative foods and treats and supplements and such. So they are trying to carry products, of course, with higher profit margins. They tend to carry smaller, more independent focused brands as opposed to the major brands found in grocery stores, which is really helping with their profit margins. Um, He said, of course, with his pricing, he's had to raise it with inflation as of course, any store has at this point. But pricing products is not easy, and he says he has to make very quick adjustments because the brands are constantly increasing their wholesale price. So it's like a full-time job almost doing just that. Um, He has seen, of course, that his revenue is staying steady, but he is not seeing the growth that he did expect to have for uh, first quarter and going into second quarter. Uh, One of the things that he's doing, he says he is working with his new store manager to have events, to get people in the store, to have that personal connection with people. He thinks that pet retail will always be needed regardless of market conditions. But I think we need to adjust our product and service lineup to meet the needs of customers if the recession's impacts are widespread. So that is what we are seeing there on a retail level at a very successful location in Philadelphia. Okay, moving into process number two, evaluating your operations. Of course, your business will live or die by systems. Systems are one of the most important things that you do have in your business. Several steps that you need to take. You need to review your SOP. That stands for Standard Operating Procedures of course if you don't have one you need to get one Um, this is of course top to bottom how you operate every single little process within your company from how your customer service answers the phone to how you process new clients to how you hire staff how you train staff Um, how you take care of clients on the back end, what is your client nurturing process. Each of those processes should be in one manual. So if something ever happens to you, here's the book. Here is exactly how we do things here. Very, very important. Of course, one little thing that you can use to map out your processes, some people like to do these in just a bullet list or a checklist or a one, two, three list. Um, Me, I prefer visuals. So there is uh, lucidchart.com that you can go to. It is free for up to three different um, flowcharts, but you can actually put your process into a flowchart presentation. So a little tip for you, something to check out. Here's a little quote from Mike McCallowitz, who is the author of Profit First and The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Working on your business is about building systems, period. An entrepreneur is someone who finds the solutions to opportunities and problems, and then builds systems to consistently deliver those solutions. Do you agree? So here's some other things that you can do. Look for inefficiencies in time management. Um, audit your daily processes. See if you have any overlap in staffing or responsibilities. Uh, retail friends, uh, take a look at shipping. Um, is there any way that you can decrease your shipping costs? Um, you know, change change the people that are delivering for you. Um, any inefficiencies you possibly have that you can work with. Uh, do you have a strange amount of accounts payable outstanding? Um, what can you do that with that? Um, is there any way that you can extend your payables, um, you know, renegotiate your payable timeframe? And then of course your inventory balance, as we said earlier, do you need to uh, recalculate what you are actually keeping as an inventory? Is there a possibility that you can drop ship more items. So um, that is also important. You want to stop and identify the five to 10 top metrics in your business. You want to come up with both KPIs, which is your key performance indicators. And you also want to come up with your KRAs, which is your key results areas. So giving an example of this, so let's say we are identifying a metric of the number of customers that come in the door per day. So let's say that the indicator of that metric performing well is that you want to have 50 customers in the door per day. Well, the key results area is the actual responsibility that you are giving to a staff member. So, um, you know, maybe you would want to have, you know, uh, making sure that you have staff that is making your front entrance welcoming, that you do have people that are greeting well. So those are the actual things that are controllable to drive that indicator of 50 people coming in the door every day. So you want to work on identifying the top five to 10, don't go bigger than that, of the items, the numbers that you need to focus on regularly in your business that is going to drive the results that you want. Now, one of these numbers needs to be your canary number. So most people know the reference of you know miners taking the canary into the mine with them. And if they hit a pocket of gas, the canary would die and they all knew to vacate. So how that relates to us, why this is our canary number. This is the top line metric number. This is the number that if you look at and it is not where it's supposed to be, your canary is dying. So you need to figure out what that number is that is driving the main results in your business? Is that going to be the number of inquiries that are coming in? Is that going to be the turnover of one of your top sellers? Or again, is that the number of customers in the door per day? If all of a sudden you have a goal of 50 coming in and 25 came in on one day and there's not like a huge parade in town, you need to figure out what what is going on. Is, is there Is there a marketing issue? Do I have a reputation issue? You need to dig down and figure out as soon as possible why that canary number is not where it's supposed to be. So then what you're going to do is take all of the the five to 10 metrics you've come up with and you want to develop a scorecard and you want to display it. This is what is important to you. This is what is important to your company. Display it to your employees. Display it to your management team live by it, hire by it, fire by it, promote by it, and acknowledge your team by it. This is an example of the metrics that we use in our company that really drive things. We do completely share this with our team on a weekly basis. We do weekly team videos since we are an autonomous team. And so they know where things stand at all times. When we have hit our goal, we are in green. When we have not hit our goal, we are in red. So we make sure that our team takes ownership in what we are doing on a daily basis. Um, I would recommend that you read the book, Traction by Gina Wickman. This is actually part of the entrepreneur operating system, actually developing this scorecard. It is something that we are implementing and have implemented in our company. I highly recommend it to create an efficient, consistent business. All right, third process we're on to is evaluating your client base. You do not just want any clients, you want the right clients. So we want to calculate revenue per client. This is based on revenue. This is a profit conversation. So let's say you've had a thousand clients use your product or services in the last 12 months. This would be a rolling 12 months. So in this case, we're taking July 21 to June of 22. Let's make an assumption just for easy numbers, makes it better honest, that you have $750,000 in revenue during that rolling 12 months. So you're going to take $750,000 divided by 1,000 clients. And that gives us an average revenue of $750 per client take that client list and sort it by revenue. So put it in a spreadsheet, Excel, Google Sheets, whatever you need to work with, whatever you prefer, sort it by revenue, top producing revenue client at the top, going all the way down to the bottom. Go ahead and put a line in there for that $750 because that is your average. Who is above the line? Who is below the line? Look at those who truly values what you offer as a business and who seems to take up more valuable time than those numbers say they should. Do you see a group on there of one and dones? Uh, Maybe they just uh, patronize your store occasionally if they run out of food and they can't get it from their normal place. Uh, Do they just use your services once or is it like, Oh my gosh, July 4th is coming up and my pets that are bailed on me. Uh, I think some of us have heard that recently. So one and dance, are they more trouble than they're worth? Of course, look at the top 20% of your client list. So that would be 200 out of a thousand in this example. What is the total revenue just for those clients? What percent of your company revenue is that? Who do you most enjoy working with? When you evaluate that, research the demographics of that top 20% of people and duplicate them, breed them, get more of them. You love working with them. They are your best revenue producers. They are loyal to you and they bring you joy. So one place that you can go to look for that is the Census Business Builder, excuse me. That is actually a government website by the census. You can get some amazing demographic information. So you can search by area, zip code. If you have a high number of clients within an area that's very dense in a metropolitan area, this will help you pull information to be able to create mirror target audiences. So this brings us to one of my favorite people, Mr. Robert Strickland with Away In Home Pet Care in Ogden, Utah. So he has been in the in-home pet care industry for over 15 years, 10 of those. He actually operated dual locations on opposite sides of the country, which is a huge feat. Of course, he is well known in the in-home industry for his insightfulness and outreach. He actually incorporates a lot of these things already in his business. He does collect as much demographic information on his clients as he can at the consult. Uh, Things like children at home, if it's a dual income family, uh, what job industry they're in, whether or not they're a homeowner or they rent. Um, Of course, you know, he can't exactly say, gee, how much money do you make? But afterwards, he guesstimates their salary by using um, like Glassdoor and salary.com to uh, estimate that income. Then he actually does look at the top 20 percent. Enter Pareto. He evaluates that top 20 percent of his clients based on revenue for common demographics. He has already gathered that demographic information on his clients from the beginning. And so then he is able to uh, dig down into that and evaluate based off of that. And then, brilliant, he uses those demographics to target his market. So he creates that mirror market based off of who his best people already are so some of the things that he has realized um, some of his best clients are recent transplants to the area who don't want who don't actually know anyone that can provide free pet care that is genius uh he has also noticed in his demographics that uh, his best clients don't have any kids at home meaning they, they might be empty nesters or they might not have children at all they are also uh, typically a dual income couple. And he has pinpointed that typically his best clients have a household income of over 150000 And then the categories that he has in his best clients are those in the medical field, attorneys, uh, members of LGBTQ+, and single professionals. A lot of those super, evaluate, super value his services, his personal services, his attention to detail, and they are very loyal to him. So I've always liked this quote by Coach Norman Dale in the 1986 movie, Hoosiers. Think of him as chewing gum. By the end of the game, I want you to know what flavor he is. So that is how we should be looking at our ideal clients. What flavor are they? Get close enough that you breathe in who they are so you can find more like them. All right, rolling right into fourth process, which is marketing adjustments. So first of all, heading into any economic downturn, don't stop your marketing efforts. That is a panic button. Do not stop marketing. The marketing that you do typically is going to have a result three to six months from now. If you stop marketing now because you are panicking and you have a scarcity mentality that is going to affect you for up to even a year from now. Let's focus instead on Mr. Pareto that I mentioned. Pareto's principle, that roughly 80% of our results come from 20% of our clients. So where, did your top 20% of clients find out, you, find out about you? Hopefully you do source tracking for every contact that inquires about your service. You want to know the people that contacted you. Is there a large volume that come from the internet? Um, are they coming from pet professionals? Where do those people hear about you? And then digging down into that, Where do people who choose to use your services or products hear about you? You might have the majority of people coming from the internet, but you might find out that you had a road sign that actually has a much higher percentage of clients that come from that source. So analyzing your source tracking helps assist you in determining where your money is going to be spent in marketing. You do want to laser focus your marketing on the demographics of that top 20 percent. Now, here's a tip. Um, Your local public librarian can assist you in demographic and other research. Um, Now, I do happen to be in the largest public library network in the entire state of Missouri, and the um, the Research librarians, I believe they they might have an even bigger title than that, but the research librarians there just knock my socks off. um, Finding out that we have a database of information that we can get, market research, industry research, NAICS research, which is specifically on our uh, industry research. Um, If you have a decent public library, check with them. They can absolutely help you locate some of that information. So research your market to find, of course, the other sources for those clients that mirror your top 20 percent. Those are the people we really need to focus on. All right. Got a quick question here. We have labor market changes coming up. There is no doubt about that. There is no doubt that certain sectors of the marketplace are going to start seeing layoffs with, as I said, interest rates going up, businesses putting the brakes on in growth, putting the brakes on in hiring, there will be layoffs. So what we need to think about in the pet industry is who is always going to need our services. So, uh, just hit me in the chat box. Anybody you can think of that will always need our services. Anyone, anyone? I know for a fact on my end that it will be, um, it will absolutely be in the medical community nurses. We take care of a lot of nurses. They especially the ones that work floor shifts at the hospital. They're working those 12-hour shifts, man, and we want to support them getting puppies. So we are in there doing usually a couple pop, puppy potty breaks. Wow, puppy potty breaks while they are at work. So we want to support our medical medical community. We did so much during the pandemic. Um, because they were essential workers, we were essential workers. So yes, yes, definitely don the healthcare professionals across the board. Um, They are always going to need our support. So that is one huge category that we can find ways to target uh, when we are out marketing for this change in our economy. So you absolutely need to evaluate your messaging and your marketing funnel you need to focus on solving client problems. Uh, A lot of what I see, especially in smaller businesses, is focusing on me. Uh, Focusing on uh, like their entire messaging on their website or their Facebook page is all about me, 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 me. Um, It's not so much focusing on here is your problem, here is how I can solve that. That is how we need to Um, sculpt our messaging to make sure that we are talking their language. And again, I said, decrease the focus on yourself, your certifications and experiences. Don't lead with that. Have that available for them if that is what they are looking for, but that is not something that you lead with. You want to find their problem and give them your solution that will work the best for them. So on that funnel, first of all, you are going to have people out there in the marketplace, they just recognize they have a need. Um, You know, they, maybe they have a pandemic puppy and they have not traveled yet and they know they have a trip coming up. So well, they recognize a need to have somebody take care of their pets. They have no clue what to do about it. This is their first dog, right? So they start searching they're looking on the internet, they're talking to friends, um, they're trying to figure out like, what, what should I do with my dog when I leave at the end of the summer? So they find you, they find your website, they get referred to you, so they are going to evaluate you. Uh, so what kind of messaging do you have on your website? Um, what kind of marketing materials did you have out there? What is your referral Uh, program that you have with clients that would get your clients to stand up and say, hey, you need to use my company because they are amazing and they will take wonderful care of your dog. So you need to figure out what, what in that search and evaluate process is going to bring those people specifically to you and let them know that you are the solution to their problem. Then you're going to get to that purchase phase. So what is that client experience? Um, How do they feel when they go through that process? Um, Do you have software? Are they confused? Is it a complicated system? Are you loading them up with tons of paperwork that they have to print out and fill out for you? What is that entire purchase process for them? Then of course, the next part of it, well, in between there, we really do have the service itself. So how do you treat them? Um, That would be part of that purchase process. What is the actual true experience? And then after the sale, how do you follow up with them? Are you transactional or are you relational? Do you contact them afterwards to find out how their experience was? Do you request a review? What is that process that you have that really gives them that wow feeling? And then the return. Some people don't think about this. Um, you have someone who travels and and that's it. Maybe you're really good with after the sale. You find out you did a good job. You get a Google review from them. Everything is great. And then you go back to work and, and that's it. There is no client nurturing. You are just making an assumption that they're going to come back to you. So what do you need to do to make sure you're inter- ensuring that return sale, what kind of a nurturing program do you have to stay in contact with those clients? If you don't have a client nurturing system, get one. So the easiest one on the market is getting a CRM, that is customer relationship management software uh, that uh, is hugely valuable. You can set those up on automation. So let's say you have a client who has traveled and you want to nurture them afterwards, you can create an email series that will go out every five days for the next month to make sure that you stay in contact with them and you are top of mind anytime they think about you or hear about someone else that might need your service. So you do want to provide consistent value in there. This is, you know, not just about me, me or anything like that. It's great to put educational information in there, something that they will see and will consider it to be valuable that you're providing it to them. Make sure, of course, that you nurture your clients before the sale so they get to know you and then after the sale or service. There are many software options that are free for up to like 500 to 1000 email contacts. So keep that in mind. I can certainly share that with you later if you are interested. All right. Rolling into process five financial adjustments. We're getting there, right? Okay. Is this anyone? Can you relate to this? Don't have more months at the end of your money. That was me for an embarrassingly way too long amount of time in business. I was not raised by people who focused on the future. Uh, My mama is a stranger to no Walmart. So don't have more month at the end of your money. If you don't have a budget, a business and a personal budget, start one. Start one right now. So we're gonna talk a little bit about using this in your business. Financial evaluation in your business. Look at your cash flow. Do you have times when you are completely strapped um, where you're worried about making payroll? Mm, I've been there too. So, you know, I know the word budget kind of ranks up there with some of the worst words in the world, but they definitely will help you with your cash flow. Um, Budgeting is a huge part of your roadmap. It's like having a prepared backpack when you go for a hike. So then you want to take a look at your accounts receivable. Uh, Do you have a high accounts receivable? Um, Many service businesses will charge after the fact, and then they might have some delayed payers that they have to go after. That takes your resources also. A way that you can change that is have prepaid services to decrease the amount of accounts receivable. That's how we have operated now for about a decade. Of course, what about your accounts payable? How can you reduce your payables? Um, Can you negotiate any extensions with long-term vendors? Can you reorganize your debt to reduce reduce that account's payable? Where does your debt load stand? Um, Ideally, every business should be debt-free except for investments in uh, real estate and build-outs and large large things like that. That is honestly the ideal. Um, See if you can negotiate lower interest rates on your current debt to get that reduced so you can pay it off quicker. Um, Of course, right now we do have increasing interest rates and heading into a recession, you have to know that those rates will go up. So if you are getting ready to plan some sort of an expansion, it's on the board, you've evaluated it up one side and down the other, and you know it is a financially sound investment, then now is the time that you want to go ahead and get that loan set up because the interest rates are not going to get any better from here. So you do want to go ahead and secure that process now before things tighten up more. Now, of course, would also be the time to... uh, Shop around for larger expenses. Insurance. Um, Just uh, six months ago, I went to a different broker and shopped insurance and I'm saving $1,200 a year. That's great for me. Absolutely love it. Merchant fees. Um, There is just such a wide variance of merchant fees. Uh, Some of us in software programs don't have as much of an option to shop, but if you are independent, shopping around for those merchant fees can save you a large amount of money at the end of the year. And then of course you do want to evaluate your fixed and variable expenses. Do you have any weird lingering memberships out there like I do that I need to eliminate? But it's like, oh, you don't remember that it's out there until it charges your account. And then you're like, dang it, I forgot to cancel that again. So download an entire month of bank statements, go through, highlight, mark that baby up, figure out if there are any things like that, that you can just eliminate to go ahead and you know tighten it up just a little bit more, make it a lot more successful. Okay. Definitely would have you consider operating your finances through the profit first method course. I had a quote by Mr. Mike McCallowitz earlier. I have used his method for a good five years now, and I can say it has completely revolutionized the way that my finances have worked in my business. Um, a dramatic difference. One of the biggest things for me is retained earnings. Now, of course, retained earnings is like your Murphy repellent. You know, it's always Murphy's law that the worst time something's going to happen is when it's going to happen. Well, retained earnings are your Murphy repellent. This concept was made famous by Dave Ramsey, and I love it. So that retained earnings account is going to be your safety net Anytime time that there is a recession. If for some reason you do have a payroll coming up and you are a little bit short, your retained earnings can come in for that. So using something like the profit first method will help you learn how to streamline your finances so you are a stronger business. Whew, that's a lot. We are on people, people. So this is people. Section one, so this is actually step six in our nine steps to a recession-proof pet business. Talking about your company culture. Now you have one, whether you are intentional about it or not. Um, You have the way your staff feels about you. You have the way that your staff presents itself to clients, which is a part of your culture. Um, If you have staff that all go out and do different things, that is part of your culture. So you want to make sure that you intentionally develop one. You want to have a clear company mission, vision, and values. That is an exercise that some people say, ah, that's so silly. Don't do that. But no, it is important, but it is not something, it's not an exercise you do in your company and you put it in your pretty little employee handbook, and you hand it out, and on the day that you hire somebody, you go over your mission, vision, and values, and then you close the book. That is not what this is for. Again, you want to live by them, hire by them, fire by them, promote by them, acknowledge by them. This is something that we do every day with our staff. They are very clear on what our company mission, vision, and values are and how they fit into that. You want both your community and your team to be a part of what you're doing because what you're doing is work that matters. People section number two, this would be key step number seven, is staff evaluation. We are looking for the ideal employee. So what I want you to do, take some time to do this later. Think of your best employee. I mean, this is the one you want to clone. You totally want to clone because they are amazing. You never have any issues with them. Write their name down. Write down the characteristics that make them amazing. Is it their personal accountability, honesty? Are they just super fun? Are they helpful? What is it that makes them best. Select the top five to seven characteristics that you value the most. Um, and you know this, this might be, of course, honesty. This might be integrity. So many different things that are a possibility there, but it needs to be what you value most and what you value most for your company. Then go through your employees and rank them one through five based on their fit with your ideal employee. Of course, one being a meh, and five being like another person I wanna clone. Of course, I certainly hope you don't have any donkey ones hanging out there. Those are people you might want to show to the door sooner rather than later. So once you do that, sit down and think about it. What does that reveal? Do you have any decisions that you need to make Are there any people in your company that are not good fits and are dragging the rest of the team down? So definitely when you're looking at hiring, don't hire based on fogging a mirror. You know, that's how they used to check to see if people were dead. Stick a mirror under their nose. If they fog it, oh, okay, they're still with us. Don't hire based off of that. I know sometimes it's tempting when you're in a tight labor market to just hire to fit a butt in the seat. Like we just need people. Um, so evaluate and see, do you maybe have employees that are ranking up there over a three? Maybe there are four or five, but you know they have the characteristics of people that you want in your company, but maybe they aren't in the right seat. Maybe there is something in your company they would be better served and better serve being in a different seat. Do you possibly have any non-revenue generating employees that can be shifted to revenue-based positions? So in this case, do you have people that work in the office that instead can be working in the field or having some, some kind of a crossover position. This might be important, especially if revenue starts to decrease um, you are not going to have as much uh, for expenses like office. So, see if you can lean up those operations to provide more funds, of course, for other expenses if your numbers do start to decrease. And then, of course, efficiency. I'm big on efficiency. Cross train every employee that you can so you have maximum productivity. All right. Now we are on people, section three. This is, of course, our eighth step in how to have a recession-proof pet business. And we are going to talk about customer experience. Customer experience. So you got to stop and think sometimes. How do you measure up? This is actually a fairly recent post that went completely viral from someone um, on Twitter. It says, I contacted Chewy last week to see if I could return an unopened bag of my dog's food after he died. They, number one, gave me a full refund. Number two, told me to donate the food to the shelter. And number three, had flowers delivered today with the gift note signed by the person I talked to. Now that is extraordinary customer service and creates an extraordinary customer experience. That is a company culture conversation that the company Chewy empowered their employees to do this for people. So how do you measure up to that kind of outstanding customer service? You want to be memorable to your clients. Um, have pictures up here of Big Cedar Lodge in Southwest Missouri. Uh, very nice place to stay. They are memorable. They have small touches that make you feel cherished and important. Um, every night, whenever you come in in their cabins, they have these warm little gingerbread cookies. Um, on your pillow, and they have restocked your fireplace kit. So, what can you do to be memorable to your clients? What is your follow up process for a new client? As I said earlier, are you transactional or are you relational? What is your nurturing process? And do you have a referral program that is effective? So we have a little, uh, little quote here from Robert that I thought was super, super important. Maintaining a relationship with an existing client is less expensive and time-consuming than finding a new client. So while I still market for the perfect new client, I say no to more than 80% of new inquiries. I focus my energy on creating an unforgettable experience for my existing clients. That is true. So let's talk about high touch. There are a lot of tech things out there that you can use right now that are super high touch to keep you in touch with clients. It is tough because we don't see them very often. Um, Those of us that have service based in-home businesses. One of the things that's out there is Hello Audio. That is a way that you can create a podcast very easily and get that out to your clients and invite your clients into your inner world of running your business. Another one is video ask. This is a way that you can directly contact clients and send them a little video. So let's say you are onboarding a new client and you want to welcome them. Instead of shooting them a little email through your system, send them a video through video ask. That is something that will wow them. Another service you can use for the same thing is BombBomb. That is another one out there. And then benchmark one is actually the CRM system that we choose to use here at our company. Of course, low tech, if you're not a techie person, the phone, pick up the phone. Even if your clients hear you leave a message for them, it means you are thinking about them all right now we are on people number four which is the ninth key to having a recession-proof pet business market opportunities of course retained earnings and having a lean operation is going to put you in a very powerful financial position this kind of cash advantaged positioning will provide you with so many benefits it can allow you to take advantage of market acquisitions Uh, we do know we have seen how prevalent this has been through the pandemic so many companies have gone out of business either they have just been exhausted or they have not been able to keep up with providing the services staffing wise or even financially Being in that cash advantaged position allows you to hear about, search out those opportunities because that can help you get more market share uh, to benefit you as we come out of any kind of a recession. It will allow you to take advantage of supplier inventory sales. It will allow you to ride the temporary waves of a recession without stressing over it. And also, if you are looking to grow and expand, it will demonstrate strength to any investors if you do have that kind of opportunity. So talking about opportunities, we are going to go back to Danny here for just a quick second. So Danny and City of Paws Pet Care again in Philadelphia, he was strictly an in-home service provider of dog walking and pet sitting. And he actually saw an opportunity during the pandemic in 2020, a lot of his um, in-home pet care customers were having a hard time getting their pet supplies online due to supply chain issues. He ended up finding an absolutely perfect location for a retail store. It was an old hair salon, large space with a back room that already had a plumbing to go ahead and put in self-wash tubs which are amazing for additional revenue in a retail location. So he saw that opportunity. He was able to take advantage of it because he was in a cash advantage position. And he said it ended up being the best decision that he has ever made. So make sure that you are looking for any opportunities in the marketplace at all times. So I saw an opportunity. You know, I have to ask you, is there opportunity that you see now in these nine key steps? We all need to be positive about what we can do in our business as we're coming into a possible economic downturn. These nine things can put us in a position of power um, instead of having to react what is going on in the marketplace. Um, we should not worry about the sky is falling. The sky is falling. I am no chicken little. Um, We need to find a powerful position to be able to operate from. So hopefully you can see how powerful it can be for your pet business to implement these nine steps. So I want to go over them one more time. Evaluate your products and services. You want to see if you can optimize your operations. That is a key to a super efficient, well-functioning business. Determine who your ideal market is. Figure out how you are going to find more of those people. And of course, show me the money. Get your finances in order so you are in cash advantage land. And then those four steps to improve your people you have a culture, evaluate it. Is it intentional? If not, create one that you want to grow your business on. Make sure you evaluate your staff. Do you have the right butts in the right seats? Step into your customer shoes and evaluate their experience from their perspective and see how you can create that chewy experience for them. And then, of course, make sure you have your pockets full and your eyes wide open for market opportunities that might come your way. So that is the end of the actual presentation part. Now I actually have a question for you. Would you like for me to help you unpack and implement all of these steps and more to move the needle on your pet business and create more freedom for you? Of course, option one, you got all this stuff. These are nine steps. There will be a replay of this. It'll be available. So you can go back, break down the slides, chew on them a little bit and figure out how to implement it in your own business. Or do you want option two, which is following a proven roadmap to get through all of these things? I want to invite you to something new that I have developed. It is Pet Biz MBA. This is a membership for pet business owners to implement things like this and grow your business in community. This is all based on my freedom formula. I have had videos on this for the past month about the different phases of a pet business and how you can transition from one phase to another through different benchmarks. So of course, first of all, we have the starter phase, then we have the growers phase, moving into the expander phase, and then we have the innovator phase, which is our freedom. So we go start to freedom. In the Pet Biz MBA, I help pet business professionals go from confusion, indecisiveness, and uncertainty to clarity in their purpose, resolve in their process, and confidence in their ability to serve people. So your weekly bit of goodness that you're going to get in this membership, there will be a monthly masterclass that's going to have timely education um, on a monthly basis, different themes such as uh, financial planning, writing your SOPs. That's huge. Get those babies written all within one month. Um, Contracts. How to write the best contracts, what kind of contracts you should have, and legal protection. Hiring, what are the best practices for hiring and getting the best people on your team. And of course, how to develop metrics for your own company. Just a few of the masterclasses that we will have. We will have a monthly Ask the Expert for the pet industry. Uh, This will be featuring things like legal experts, financial experts, marketing expertise, and more. We will have a monthly live Q&A with me so we can dig into your big issues in your business. And then we will also have monthly swipe files, templates, checklists, and definitely more coming with that too. So this is a new adventure. I want to be clear on that. So the benefit of that is you are invited to help me define what this community is going to become because more than anything, I want us to grow in community. So this is my fully covered guarantee. You can try Pet Biz MBA for a full 30 days, 100% risk-free. If you are unhappy and you don't think I'm offering value, I will definitely line up to give you your money back. I, you know, I want to give you your money back if you don't find value in what I offer. But fair warning, we do have a founding member registration. As I said, this is a new adventure. So I have opened the founding member registration. It will close on July 5th at 10 p.m. So mark that on your calendar, July 5th at 10 p.m. So on the founding members, This is going to be my core group of people. I am going to be working directly with you for the direction of this. I want to find out what your biggest needs are in your company so I can answer those. So as for the nuts and bolts, you have two options for the Pet Biz MBA membership. There is a monthly option and there is an annual option. So the monthly option is $97 a month. If you decide to do the annual option, that is $970 for the annual membership, which ends up being two months free. But of course, we are talking about founding members right now. You are my core peeps. What you're seeing above the line is what this membership is going to be going forward. But I need you. I need my core group of people that are going to help me design this. So for founding members through July the 5th, the monthly rate is going to be $67 a month. Or again, if you want that annual membership, $670 for the annual membership, which of course is your two months free. So that is what we have right there for any founding members that want to join in the Pet Biz MBA membership by the time the curtains close at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sorry, I should mention that. 10 p.m. Central Standard Time on July the 5th. Of course, if you run the numbers on that, you are saving $494 with the annual membership over the market price of the monthly membership you have any questions about this ahead of time, of course, you can absolutely give me a holler at petsitterguru at gmail.com. To enroll, you just go to petbizmba.com. That should also answer more questions for you as to what is involved with this new membership. Okay, so we are at Q&A time. Let me... Do, do, Get back over here. All right. looks like a lot of conversation has been going on. Um, dun, dun, dun. Go back here. See, I told you I got to figure out how to do this. I'm back. Okay. So it looks like there's been a lot of conversation uh, back and back and back in. Wow. I got a lot to read here, right? Do, 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 do. Here we go. Almost overnight, Jill. Yes, we have transferred to the same thing. I love these KPIs. Okay, good, good. Almost overnight. See, I love this conversation. So great. Yeah, you guys are going to need to have more conversation after this too. So perfect. Yes, Wendy, bed and breakfast. I am with you. So let's see. Uh, see, I know, uh, you know, Dawn with the top referrers that might not use you very often, but wow, they are so valuable because they believe in you and they scream you from the rooftops. So let's see. PO, oh, P- oh, post office provides demographics by zip code. Wonderful. Direct marketing page on the post office. That is good to know so wonderful sorry just going through this robert we are not pet sitters we are problem solvers nurturing potential for existing clients it is tough it is something again whenever you get busy with something um it is hard to remember to nurture your current clients um Hugely important, of course, especially for creating referral programs and such. That is why these need to be automated, Robert. I'm still talking to you about getting a CRM. You need a CRM. It is impossible and you would stink at it if you were doing it manually. So definitely consider getting that CRM. All right. Any other questions here for the webinar? Questions for me? Nothing. Was I like that complete? And I gave you all the answers that you need to know. I'm amazing. All right, guys. I don't see anyone asking any questions. Well, look at that. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate it. I need to like go guzzle a gallon of water now, I guess, after all this talking. So I really appreciate you guys coming to the webinar. Thank you so much. Hopefully you got extreme valuable information out of it. Um, again, we will have this posted and sent out to you guys, the recording. So you can check it out. Um, if you know anybody else who might be interested in this webinar, I am going to post the recording and they can register to watch the recording. I don't want anybody that needs this information to miss out on it. So I will get that out there and you can share those links uh, to view the recording if you are interested in doing so. So wonderful. Appreciate you guys coming and uh, make it a great week.